Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. We want to thank everybody that listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. We, uh, we're super excited uh, for this week, and we got a special guest today. But before we go into that, I want to thank our show sponsor, which is very exciting for us. Uh, our show sponsor this month is the University of Alaska. You can go to empower.alaska.edu to check them out. Uh, we want to just thank them so much for being our show sponsor here. And if you want to help keep the lights on at Must Read Alaska, we are not funded by some nonprofit uh, conglomerate. We're funded by everyday folks uh, just like yourself that donate maybe $5, $10, $100 at a time. You can go to mustreadalaska.com and on the right-hand side there, there's a little donate button. Feel free to click that and donate five, 10 bucks if you'd like. If you already do that, we want to thank you for helping keep the lights on at Must Read Alaska. Um, you're a part of the Must Read Alaska family, so we want to thank everybody that does that. But without further ado, I want to welcome Representative George Rauscher to the Must Read Alaska show. He is headed back to Juneau, living the dream. Uh, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Morning. How you doing, John? It's always a pleasure. Well, I'm super glad that you are on today. Um, you are one of the most senior members of the Alaska State House, which is very exciting. You're well-liked in the conservative crowd, especially here at Must Read Alaska. Our folks love, love Representative George Rouser. You are the chair of the House Energy Committee this year, which is very exciting. Tell folks about what that committee does. What does it oversee? What kind of bills are they looking at this year? I think a lot of folks, you and I were chatting, um, and you know, this is my opinion. I think a lot of folks only hear about the permanent fund and and you know, they they're busy. They got soccer practices and hockey practices and kids going to school, and you know, they just a lot of folks don't have time to get into the thick of what's going on. And and I think uh you know, hopefully they can listen to the show and hear a little bit about the House Energy Committee. So tell us all about that, Representative Rauscher. Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate it. As you know, it's seventh year right here in the uh, Capitol. I'm not in the Capitol right now. It's my seventh year. I, uh, I, I, I'm I vice chair of resources, I chair energy. And uh, those have been two of my, probably the biggest uh, uh, ex rewards that I've ever had while I've been up here in the capital. You know, it's it's very exciting to see where the state of Alaska is going. And when it comes to energy, I had a choice. I stuck with energy this year and I became WIP instead, just vice chair of resources. But Alaska right now is we're being thrown uh, into uh, an era that I'm not sure everybody's ready for. A, B, I'm not sure the state understands completely where it's headed and why. And I'm not sure everybody understands why the United States is headed that way either. Myself, when I chose energy this year, I wanted to know all about it. I wanted to know why everything that's happening to us is going on. I wanted to know where we were headed. And, and Alaska right now, because of the 
geographic location of all the communities that are in the state of Alaska, whether we're talking about rural Alaska, we're talking about native uh, communities, whether we're talking about the, uh, the rail belt, the rail belt, uh, for those that don't understand what the rail belt energy is, rail belt energy starts in Fairbanks and it ends down there in Homer and all of the, the utility companies that encompass that area and clean out to uh, almost to Glen Allen. And that's where the division ends because there's really no inner tie between Glen Allen and Valdez. They're kind of isolated. So you have this, this Fairbanks area all the way down. And I think you can even conclude uh, Delta because it's connected to Fairbanks through Golden Valley Electric. And what we're seeing right now is that the utility companies, you know, a lot of them are either partially on diesel. Most of them are, are trying to utilize gas out of the inlet. And so, you, but then you have the renewables. Everybody's trying to incorporate renewables. And why are we trying to incorporate renewables? We understand that it's very expensive. Yes, it's expensive. At this moment, it's very expensive. And uh, the reason we're the state is incorporating renewables is because we don't know the future of oil as much as we used to. We can't depend on the gas in the inlet is what we're told by uh, those who are uh, supplying gas from the inlet. They're told that the uh, utility companies are going to have to renew their contracts. And we don't know whether the contracts are going to get the same amount of money uh, uh, for a cubic feet of, of gas and uh, coming out of the inlet or whether they're gonna get a, a lesser volume or whether they're gonna get a higher price or, and how they're gonna distribute that because right now there's only so much gas in the inlet that has not been explored for. So uh, what we're saying here is there is gas, hasn't been explored and we know it's out there, but unless we have companies that are willing to go in search of Right now, we're just utilizing whatever is going on out in the inlet right now. So, and that's getting divvied up to all the utility companies that are buying in. Then we have NSTAR, they're providing heat for the communities out in, uh, you know, uh, along the rail belt there and up in Fairbanks. And so Fairbanks is saying, well, we, we're going to get some gas. We're going to get the uh, gas that we're going to use out of uh, the North Slope and we're going to truck it down. That's been a recent development. But if you look at some of the other utility companies, well, let's just take Golden Valley because they're still a part of Fairbanks. Golden Valley has a part of, they utilize coal. They have a coal plant, number Haley 2. It's been in existence. It's a huge plant. It provides a lot. I'd say almost 50%, maybe 40 some percent of the, the power that is distributed to uh, the Fairbanks area and Delta and whatever. Well, that's about to go down. Why is it going to go down? It's not... It's not really anything to do with coal. It has to do with the fact that it's maintenance. It's costly. It's very expensive to keep that dinosaur plant running. Mm. Uh, they're, they're soaking millions and millions of dollars in it. This is what John Burns, the CEO there, is claiming, that the, uh, the, the cost of keeping that plant operating is what's really, I guess, heading up the shutdown. So if Healy 2 goes down, they're going to have to find oil from somewhere. Now you have that power line that runs, it's called a trans uh, 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 the transmission line, and it goes all the way from Fairbanks on down the whole 
Walmart, and it divides up between the different utility companies. Well, it gets pretty skinny, like an extension cord when you get between Fairbanks and you get all the way down to the valley and you get to Anchorage. So that utility line, that transmission line, has got to be upgraded sometime in the future. And Golden Valley saying, I need to use the power out of the, the valley and out of the Anchorage area and out of Chugiak. And I need to utilize some of that when Healy 2 goes down because they're still getting gas out of the inlet. So what they're hoping for is an upgrade. Now, if you upgrade the entire transmission line from Fairbanks all the way down to Homer, so they can do a thing that where they could, uh, it's called economic dispatch, where one utility company can utilize the power from another one because the rates they're getting with their gas contract is cheaper or uh, vice versa up north or, you know, whatever. <coughs> whether you have a renewable coming on board over here or over there, and it's bringing the cost down or maybe bringing the cost up, however it works out. So basically what we're saying here is they want to upgrade this transmission line to the tune of about $2.2 billion. Wow. Now you can do it on the skinny in a Volkswagen versus Cadillac package. You could do it on the skinny and maybe get away at $1.9 or $1.6 billion. Now, if you remember last year, which was really exciting. Last year, well, I've been sitting on energy and I've been sitting on resources for seven years. Last year, we passed a bill allowing um, micro um, uh, uh, reactors, which is basically, you know, uh, it's using, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the stuff that everybody is leery of. But basically, um, when it comes to uh, these micro reactors, the amount of uranium is about the size of the end of your pinky. And, and there's not this chance for a giant meltdown. Now, I believe uh, the, uh, I think it's Ileson is going to be bringing on their first one. Uh, and they've got a package ready and it's probably going to be here in about five years. And, and this is going to be, let's see what it looks like. Let's see how we can incorporate that. Uh, Valdez has had, they have uh they're looking into getting one for them because remember, I just told you about these is isolated. So and I, you got all these satellite rural communities that aren't even connected to the real belt. We're going to get to them in a little bit. But Valdez is also utilizing uh, hydro. They've got two hydro uh, projects going on down there. And so they're bringing the cost of, of the uh, the diesel that they're paying for in Glen Allen. They're bringing the cost down not utilizing that, utilizing something that runs all the, almost three quarters of the year, which is uh, which is the hydro. And so when you have a hydro project, water's running until it freezes. But anyway, they, they use pen stock to pump water back up and then it comes back down. It's not quite as efficient as in the summertime. They go back to diesel in the winter, kind of go back and forth. But anyway, it alleviates the cost for the ratepayers. So now what we have is the ratepayers in the valley and Anchorage and Valleys and I mean uh, Homer and, and uh, Fairbanks and that's along the rail belt. 
So what we're seeing them do is bring on renewables slowly. You got, uh, I think you got a big solar project <laughs> coming on a second one in in uh, in Houston area. And so that's going to help out. I think that's uh, MEA is involved in that one, but it's not MEA that's buying it. It's MEA that's buying the power from it. There's actually <laughs> private investors, which are, uh, Bringing, uh, which are investing into putting that in place, and then they will sell to MEA at whatever the contract is. It's not really decided yet, as far as I know. But either way, so then you have hydro projects. Can you do those in the valley? Not very well because there's a lot of fish in the valley. And anytime you have a hydro project, you have to worry about fish. They also want to put hydro projects out in the uh, the inlet. Believe it or not, they're working well up in places like Igiave. They've got a hydro project right in the river. Oh, and wow. the fish seem to be, they seem to be deterring around it. They're not chewing up any fish. They've got video cameras underwater and we can see the fish. They're just, you know, going in. Uh, that's actually tidal. It's not really hydro, it's tidal. So tidal is when you've got water pushing by it also, but it can go in reverse. Now, if you put that out in the inlet, now, you know, because the inlet goes back and forth both ways. Well, the, 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 I guess they're not really fins, they're blades, which rotate. The way they're built is it rotates in the same direction, even though the tide is moving out or moving in. The problem that they have there is they have a lot of sand, they have uh, beluga whales, they have everything. So they don't have really one installed there, they're still doing the science. But when they do that, they'll be running the cable over to Augustine and uh, they'll be running one over to Homer. Uh, there's a lot of cables actually under <laughs> water in the state of Alaska right now, which are moving power around. This is a very exciting time as we start to bring on renewables because we're really worried about whether or not we're going to have the gas in the inlet to provide for both NSTAR and for all the utility companies, which have uh, a need for those for their repairs and that we have to think about the cost. So if you upgrade that transmission line, it's going to go straight to the repairs. So somehow I believe either the state or the utility companies have to find a way to get, I don't know, I've heard of a 50 year amortization on a loan um, that the utility companies might be able to buy in or part maybe with the state or whatever to be able to afford that so it won't go on the ratepayers as severely. So that's one of the things we're talking about. Um, you're probably going to want to know what kind of bills are sitting in uh, uh, in uh, energy right now. Well, 62, that was Bryce Edgman's that already went out. That was Renewable Energy Grant Fund. And, um, and uh, it's sitting in rules, but that one already came through. Uh, HB 74. Thermal resources is uh, is uh, by request of house rules. It's in finance right now. That one has that's geothermal. So geothermal is when you start to go down into the ground with a with a cooler substance, whether it's water or or, or whatever, and sometimes it's salt water. But anyway, you push that down, it comes back back up, warm, and that that generates a, the movement of a turbine. And so that's how that flows. It's I've simplified it dramatically for this discussion. Well, if anybody's get, ever been to China Hot Springs, they can they've experienced thermal. <laughs> oh yeah, 
and, and we're utilizing it around the state in various different projects. So um, anyway. Um, so what do you think, new- Representative Rauscher, what do you think the, sounds like your committee is looking, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, maybe even longer because you're having to think about what if, what if and when we run out of natural gas if nobody does any more exploration? No, we're looking at five years down the road. Okay. I am serious. Um, when you start, we're talking about a portfolio here for the state of Alaska, renewable energy portfolio, okay? So, and, and that basically is something that a lot of states have in the lower 48. And what they want to do is they want to incorporate one here. Why a renewable energy portfolio? Because if you're going to have investors investing in the state of Alaska in renewable energy projects, they want to make sure that the state is going to be incorporating those in the future of Alaska. So basically it may incorporate all of the things that I mentioned, whether it's hydro, whether it's whether it's tidal, whether it's geothermal, whether it's uh, solar, whether it's windmills like they have up in Kotzebue and Delta and out in the, out in the um, northern part of the valley. All, you know, they're, they're utilizing all of these and they're trying to figure out what percentage we can get in 2030 2025, 2035, 2040, and basically 2040 is where it maxes out. Now, the bill came in wanting to do 80% renewables in 2040, which I am not sure we could achieve that without, say, Wontana Dam. Wontana Dam was last slated at $5.8 billion, and I believe since that was four or five years ago, you're looking at 10, 10 or $12 billion. But remember, we also just talked about uh, uh, microprocessors. If you can buy a microprocessor for a hundred uh, million dollars, I know it sounds like a lot of money, but if you can buy a microprocessor between 50 to a hundred million dollars, and I could put two of those in anchors, and I don't mean I mean the state of Alaska, put two of those in Fairbanks, two of those in the valley, two of those in Anchorage, two of those down there near the home of Kenai area. Now the cost of the intertie doesn't really need to be because you don't need to talk to each other. You've got one for when one goes down and you have to replace the uh, the fuel cell, but you have two up and running that you could utilize and go back and forth on. Either way, they might be able to handle that area. And the price that I just told you didn't even equal $800 million yet, which is less than a billion. Whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But we're going to incorporate microprocessors. And we, we have one coming to Alaska, right? Uh, Sullivan and Murkowski worked on a thing for the uh, Air Force Base to have one that's, by 2027, right? That's correct. It's already slated to come on. And uh, that's one that we mentioned earlier. Now these is looking for one in 10 years, which I think is down to eight years now. But um, so... You know, if, if we're looking at how to save the people money, um, maybe, utility, maybe utility lines isn't the perfect answer right now. Maybe it's looking towards something else. I don't know, but if it is, we're going to have to start investing in upgrading these transmission lines somehow. And that's part of what this uh, what this uh, uh, energy uh, committee is, is all about, trying to find the right number, which is not going to be a bigger burden on the taxpayer, which is not going to be a bigger burden on the utility companies themselves, which is not going to be a bigger burden on the state, and try to find that balance, but yet get investment 
doctors to come back to the state of Alaska. The whole country is changing. Biden's changing it. And I don't know whether it's it's going too fast. I can tell you right now, I believe my personal self, it's going too fast. Whether we're not ready to milk work, to wean ourselves off of gas and oil yet. We still have cars that have to go the distance, batteries, our vehicles can't make it all the way back to Glen Allen on one charge of a battery. They can't make it probably all the way to Sutton at zero degrees and over to Costco and back on one charge of the battery. There aren't enough charging stations. I'm not sure we're not jumping the gun by shutting down projects like Willow, which is why they allowed three or more holes to be drilled. But there's other places that they've shut down all over the country. And I think we're jumping the gun. Tractor trailers can't, they can't deliver the product without having to eat up part of their 40-foot cargo area just to keep the battery cell to go where they have to go across country. Yeah. So this whole thing, I think it's it's being forced upon us a little too fast. It's kind of crazy. I think we're all going to hurt in the end because it's going to happen. But California, they don't want to sell a car that doesn't have a battery in it that's running on energy, I mean, battery energy. I mean, I think we're weaning ourselves off of this whole process way too fast for the state of Alaska. When you look at the weather outside, it's 15 degrees in Sutton today. It's zero and below on the North Slope. I don't know where it is in Fairbanks, but I don't think we're ready for electric vehicles. Yeah, yeah. When they when they uh, don't do too well in the cold. Well, um, what? How do you how do you look at this? Um, you know, let's say we there's somebody that's going to be sitting in the woods in the Kiski thinking, I don't need renewable energy. That's a bunch of crazy talk. What do you say just to the normal person that's, you know, living in Alaska, working on an oil field? What's been some of the um, advice or thought process that you've had with that, having a conversation with that person and helping them to understand that, you know, it might be a good direction to keep these options open? I think options is a good, that's a good, uh, you've said it right. I think that keeping it in the back of your head is something everybody needs to do. Um, if they win us to the point where um, there's not a, a diesel available, um, where there's not gas available, where something happens between the, 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 highway going all the way to the 48 through Canada like it did while we had COVID and the shelves emptied out because we couldn't bring the groceries up. We've got to start thinking about being an independent state. We can't sit here thinking everything is fine and we're all going to be all right and, you know, airplanes come and go. Everybody that came to the energy conference we just had in Anchorage, which is where I was when I wasn't on the floor for one day on Friday. Anyway, at that energy conference, there was a conference, there was a thousand people came from all over the world talk about energy projects. But the one thing you got to remember is everyone flew here on a jet that you <laughs> yeah. None of them came here. Nobody walked there? Everybody flew? Huh? <laughs> Nobody walked there? Nope, nobody walked and nobody flew on it. I don't know, battery charged airplane. So, uh, you know, so we're still there. I don't, you don't need to panic now. But I tell you what, we're moving into an age where we're getting very unsure about the future of, of where we are. You know, we only have a couple of refineries left in Alaska. And so, you know, if we can't get if we can't get with the, the oil to the refinery to make diesel or to make gas, 
um, we could have a problem. We don't have that problem today. I'm not sparking a George is a nutcase. I'm just saying we got to start thinking about where this world and where this state is headed under the present president that we have. If we're not going to utilize some of my bills, which I have uh, submitted, which changes the election in the state of Alaska and likewise conforms in the lower 48, we could end up with another president with the like mind of the one that we have now and the administration we're pushing Alaska uh, away from fossil fuels and taking those jobs away, and, um, you know, making the pipeline obsolete and thereby we have to take it apart someday. If, if, if that all comes to a head because nobody's thinking about elections and how we can uh, stop what has been happening to us while we're here, I think we have a I think we have a big job ahead of us. And as legislators, it's more than just trying to figure out today's budget. It's more than just trying to figure out what we're going to give uh, schools for their budget right now. Um, you know, uh, we have to we have to start incorporating some of the knowledge that we have on where the state's headed, so we can stand on our own two feet, so we could be independent. That's what this energy committee is all about. That's what our resource. Uh, committee is all about. I'm glad I sit on both. I think we have a wealth of knowledge that sit on both, which can add to the discussion, which can think this through. We have other committees like finance, which these kind of bills will end up in. We have uh, uh, we have labor and commerce, which is where some of these bills head. Um, this is a very important turn of the page, and it's being forced on us faster than we think. Five years is not that far. Yeah, five years, five years ago by in a flash. Yeah, and 10 is just as quick. We should have a nuclear reactor right here in the state, sitting in, uh, in the Air Force Base up north, and by in 10 years, less, maybe five years, 2027, I don't know, but in five years' time, this is happening quickly. And I know there'll be one down there in Valdez. So all I'd say is, this is what we're trying to do trying to plan for the future. If you don't plan for the future, you're living in the past. I love it. Well, I want to thank you so much, Representative George Rouser, for coming on the Must Read Alaska show. Uh, 30 minutes, 25 minutes has gone by in a flash. I know you got a plane to catch, so I want to be um, uh, respectful of your time. Um, such a good time to catch up with you and what you're doing on the House Energy Committee as the chair there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to put a link into the... Um, into the description on how folks can find you and listen into the public meetings. I think that that's really important. And I think it's really important that the work that you guys are doing, you guys and gals are doing of looking five years down the road, not just what's going to happen today or tomorrow. Um, I think, you know, we're going to be at a place where we may need some options. And I think that that's a good thing that you guys are thinking about though. So um, thank all, you. Those util all those utility contracts go up in two years all of them intermittently differently in two years we're going to be looking at a different price of gas and a different volume for our utility companies that's something to keep in mind anyway if you want to contact me it's rep at george.rauscher at uh i'm sorry rep.george.rauscher at akledge.com i mean i've got that aklegs.gov and then uh you could give them the address yeah to i'll the, put uh, the i'll put your email and your office number in the description if they got any questions i'm sure they'll reach out thank you john yeah thank you so much and we want to thank our show sponsor 
the University of Alaska for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show. You can check them out at empower.alaska.edu. Until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska.